Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Ed and Nathan, to my right and my left, how are you fellas? I'm good. good. How are you, Jason? I'm good. I'm doing well. Uh, Nathan's a little, little croaky. Yeah, I think I, I like an upper respiratory thing, maybe. But now I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little afraid it might be a lower respiratory. Someone told me there were two. Should you back your table up? There? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm getting know. freaked. But anyway, I have had my COVID vaccine. You are fully so. vaccinated. Have you uh, gone? So, to unless I suddenly got super COVID, which we don't know about yet, which can it's take. There are variants. Yes. So. I, in fact, I heard just today that they are not doing the where you have to know variant A one C blah blah exactly. blah. They're now naming them with uh, the Greek al- alphabet. Uh, variant so alpha. That doesn't help anybody. I know. That, that nobody sounds knows more it. terrifying because then I have to sit and think, okay, what is that letter? Variant Zeta. Yeah. Man, we've had a well, bunch. We, we've had a bunch we by that bunch. time because yeah. I know that's at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I do know some Greek, so that'll be cool <laughs> to, to, in, to see that. So, okay. Yeah. But Nathan's hopefully going to get through with his voice intact. I, I will say I have a slight bit of a headache, so if I'm making faces like I'm frustrated, it's not because I disagree with what my colleagues uh, oh, may I say. I don't know. But I've had still shots sent to me showing yeah. that how much we're frustrated with each other. That's ah. true. Well, let's let's <laughs> let's not lie to the people. I'm not going to lie Occasionally, about that. I'm very frustrated with the other people. I'm <laughs> sure. Not usually during podcast filming, though, I'll say. Just other times in my life, I've been frustrated yeah. with these people, so... But that's I can, hard to I, believe. I can still love you at the same time. Ah, thank yeah, you. We can. That's, that's very that's true. Right. I saw our good friend and sponsor, Michael Laidlaw, the other day. Yeah. How's he and doing? And he said he was going to come by and see us again. He said, I'll contact Joel. And right. I thought, Joel probably took our food. He yeah, brought Joel. Right. I did. It's been a while since I had well, some I good vegan. I haven't seen Michael. So, Michael, I, I think you should just come on. We're every other Tuesday. That's when we film. That's the film True. rate. Maybe right. a bird stole our food. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a, an inside joke. That's a joke. Before. Apparently, I mentioned birds too many times. So It irritates um, Joel, so he ate our food. Which I think is funny because when we began filming these podcasts, when, when did we start? How, what episode are we on, Jason? What episode is this? This is 72. 64. 72. No, 72. So, over a year ago when we started filming these. I was taking a guess. Joel's cue for us that something was wrong. Was Joel was here in the sound. beginning? Yeah, Joel's no. here. Okay. Joel's been in our since the beginning of the podcast, and his cue for us was bird sounds. It was bird sounds. So that's right. I feel like accusing me of talking about birds too much. Mm, that's, a, that's a little. He doth protest too much. Yes, yeah. he does. I don't know if y'all gonna hurt hear Joel there. His mouth was full of our food. That's uh. right. He's been eating all our food. <laughs> well, speaking of birds... I'm going to pull out a headline, and uh, I think it has a bird reference. Oh, All right. I will I will stay quiet. The birds. Here are the birds. All right. I'm just going to read the headline. That's okay. all I'm going to read, and I want you guys to see if you can, because we've done this before. I am I, just, what, am I, what am I supposed to do? I this? want you to see if you can come up with what the story, the, what the story is. I yeah, got it. That's usually our job. All right. Yeah, that's, that's how we right. do it. In this long-running segment. <laughs> Here we go. This 111-year-old Australian man's longevity secret is clucking strange. Okay. He eats eggs, a lot of eggs every day. Hmm. That okay. seems like the most likely thing. I was going to say okay. that he... Uh, okay, I'm going to go weirder with this. He does something to clear the toxins out of his body by clucking like mm. a like a chicken. It's, a, it's, it's like a throat... Hmm. And that makes him live longer. That makes him live longer. Here's what I'll tell you. No matter what his secret is, it's not a secret. There's no secret. There ain't no secret. He had really good DNA and a lot of luck. Oh, yeah. That's right. And and that's what I think whenever I read these, because they always 
you know, profile these hundred and something year old people and they say, here's what they do every day. That must be the secret. Yeah. It's never the secret, but they just are trying to figure one out. I just saw this thing on out. 60 Minutes Sunday night about these old people they're doing research on and they thought they'd figured out, you know, oh. about Alzheimer's I read about and this. about the, the thing. Mm-hmm. And there's this one guy in the study, he died at a hundred and something. His mind was perfectly well. And when they dissected his brain, he had all the stuff that they thought caused Alzheimer's wow. and everything else, and they're like, okay, so they don't we know. don't really know. <laughs> so interesting. They, I thought that was interesting. Okay. So now that you've actually brought we, forth your hypotheses, I'm going to shoot them all down because here is his, what he thinks is his secret to longevity. Every day he eats chicken brains. Oh. Huh. Okay. okay. All right. Every day of his life? Uh, apparently. That he can remember. Which is yesterday. Every day well, I yes. can remember. Yes. Yesterday I I've ate a chicken brain. Chicken well, let's see. I'm Sir, that through. was a chicken nugget. <laughs> ah, yeah, that's chicken nuggets. He actually only In admit- my day, we called them nuggets. <laughs> he actually only admits to doing it every week. But uh, still, pretty often he eats chicken brains. And and. A, Apparently, it's chicken brains are pretty small. It's only one bite. I would think I would so. Think There's so. only one bite. You know, chickens aren't. I'm just assuming smart anyway. I've never had a chicken brain. I don't. Think I don't so. think I've had think lots I of parts either. of chickens, but uh, never yeah. the brain. That that one's not readily available at the at the Zaxby's. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but coming soon from Chick Fil A. Chicken brain. Chicken brain. Ooh. It's our pleasure. Nice. Our pleasure to so, give yeah. you clucking good food. But this yes, dude, they wouldn't say. They that. would not say that. 111 years old in Australia, eating chicken brains. So, you know. Well, good for you, sir. Regardless of the chicken brain, 111 years. That's a long time. That's a that's a long time. Every yeah. day he goes, everybody I know is dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, Except for you, chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and thank God uh, our cook is a vegan, so there he won't be go. bringing us chicken brains next no. week. That's right. So, All right. That was fun. And it was bird related. It was bird related. Nathan's favorite subject. I love birds. On to questions. On to questions. All right, we got real questions. We got real questions. Oh, that's the only headline. Only one this week. Okay, all right. I got, we have two next week? No, I got one next week. All right. Because oh, Jason's a little limited on time today. Okay, oh, that's okay. Right. I got to be somewhere. All right. So I can't be dawdling. Jason ain't got time for you podcast people. I, I, got, right. I can't be dawdling today. All right. So I'm gonna I just wanted to use that word. Fashion. Let's call our super fr- fans chicken brains. Let's call that. That'll be our. That'll be our. our all our, all you chicken brains out there. We should call our podcast the birds. The birds for the <laughs> birds. It is for the birds. For is the that birds. an insult? You know, last that? year we what chicken brains? Yeah, is that well, insulting? it might be. But here's the deal: we can like turn it around. Like, because okay. one, I don't know. Does anyone call anyone chicken brain? Has anyone mm-hmm. ever called? People called me lots of names. Never once chicken. I've, brain. I've heard the term bird brain. Oh, I oh bird brain. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess that's true. So I guess bird that's brains true. are not. Very but you know what? You guys can own it and like. And make T-shirts with I'd, Jason's face on. I it. would still like to have somebody name this podcast. Yeah, we still have not named this podcast. All right. So you my heard suggestion it here. is for Send the birds. In. All right. That's mine. Whatever. And people will come thinking it's an ornithology podcast and be very <laughs> disappointed. Very upset. Okay. <laughs> they only have one guy who mentioned birds. That's right. And he ain't even on camera. They don't ever. He's over there clucking. He's over there eating vegan food. Uh huh. Question, and this one, this one, uh, I honestly never thought about. So, congrats to you for thinking of a question that, because I, I think of all questions. Jason apparently. is the smartest I person am. ever. I just and never you thought of this question. Thought Jason, who 
would have thought of it. I d- yeah, but but okay, it's a good question. If if <laughs> if Mary and Joseph both received angelic messages about who Jesus would be, as well as prophetic ones when he was brought to the temple, and obviously they know of his immaculate conception, wouldn't they have mentioned all of this to his brothers? who then shouldn't have had a hard time believing that Jesus was who he said he was and wouldn't, would have been followers of Jesus prior to his resurrection. So they're referring to the fact that the Bible does make it clear that his brothers had a hard time believing in him until later on. Well, we only know for sure that one did, James. And Jude. Yes, Jude, that's right. Jude. Sorry, I forgot yeah. about him. And so, oh, poor dude. Yeah, I do forget. Jason, about he's got a very dude. small book, by the Jason, way. who knows all questions, can't remember you, dude. <laughs> I forgot. He's, he's got a very small brain. book. So the question is, you know, hey, they obviously knew about all the stuff mom and dad would have told them. Why didn't they believe in him before that? Well, one, we don't know. Obviously, is not obviously. That's we right. Know, we yeah, don't, we don't know. We don't know that they were told. I, there are a lot of things I found out after my mom and dad were dead, and I go, what? Well, and and <laughs> to make a point, there's a lot of things my mom and dad told me were true that I didn't believe them a long time. <laughs> well, that's also <laughs> yes. true. I was doubting the whole time. So, yes. so I, there's that, too. Well, and I said that bef- when we were kind of talking about it beforehand. About, I was reading a, a book about... Um, how to read the Bible, and it was talking about there's a story in the Bible, in the oldest part of the Bible, uh, about two brothers, Jacob and Esau, who are the grandchildren of Abraham, and God comes to Abraham and says, hey, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to lead you to this land that's going to be great, and Abraham dies, doesn't make it to the land. Isaac, Abraham's son, is at this point, because his, his children are have become adults, He's dying. They haven't made it to the land. And Esau, who has the birthright to inherit this land, sells it to his brother for a bowl of stew. And, you know, all throughout childhood, all throughout adulthood, everyone has always taught that story of the faithlessness of Esau, that he didn't trust God's Mm -hmm. promise. And this book said, well, how much stock would you put in a promise that your grandpa heard God say, we own that land over there. It was promised to me. Esau saying, well, that's worth about as much to me as a bowl of soup. It's actually Jacob who has this great faith, even though he is kind of lying and stealing. God honors that Jacob is the only one to recognize, as Jesus would call it, there's a pearl of great price hidden in that field yeah. that you think is worth nothing and that God is is honoring that. And so in this case, mm-hmm. I think we often read stories in the Bible and we read them like they're stories in the Bible and we say, well, how could they not know what we know now? Like, how could they have not seen the faith? And we have to really read these stories. It's in the cases where they are historical accounts. Of course, they're a part. I just got my daughter her first, you know, real Bible, not like a child mm-hmm. stories. And I told her, this is a library. And she said, like the library we go to. Yeah. And she goes, are there any made up stories in there? And mm, I said, yes. sure, there are parts of the Bible. There are certain books that, they're not necessarily real accounts that happen, but there's things we can learn about God from them. There are other parts that are real accounts. There are parts that are poetry. I said, there's a part, because she's a little girl, I said, there's a part that it's love letters written from a husband to a wife. I said, there's all different kinds of stuff. So when it is a historical account, we should read it like these were real people. So in yeah. this case, if yeah. like Jason said, if my mom came to me and said, hey, by the way, an angel came to me and your dad and said that your older brother is the son of God. I'm going, I've met my older brother. <laughs> I don't think he's the son of God. And at the point that we meet Jesus' brothers, Jesus is 30, and he still really hasn't announced himself to anyone. And they're going, it's been 30 years, dude. You're going to do something? Mm-hmm. So I think it's important that we 
read those stories as yeah. real things. And I well, think, and I, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think we often, uh, we often don't cut people in the Bible any kind of slack. We kind of project onto them an idealized version of what we think we would do. Because right. um, yes. I think a lot of us read that and go, well, if someone had told me that, I would have certainly believed it. And the truth is, no, we you probably wouldn't have because, as you said this before we started recording, we've all seen things that have happened in this life that we would go, wow, God answered a prayer or that was a miraculous thing, but then come right behind it and begin to doubt the very thing that we saw. Yeah, go, well, it's not a miracle like they had in the Bible. It's yeah. not that kind of miracle. Yeah. And, and I think, to me, it adds to the credibility of Scripture that these are real accounts of real people who struggled and, and doubted. And Because here we've got, an, back to another example, Thomas, who was with these guys for the whole ministry of Jesus. Thomas saw every miracle Jesus did, basically. And then when they come to him and say, dude, he's alive, he went, nah, I don't know about that. So, you know, what would you have done? Right, that's right. Probably exactly what Thomas would do. Yeah, there isn't any account of anybody that, I mean, the, the question says, why did it take to the resurrection, right? Mm -hmm. Why did it take, well, yeah. it took everybody to the resurrection. Right. Pretty much. The, the reason for the resurrection was to be the final definitive proof. I mean, there's just no denying, I saw that guy killed, mm -hmm. he's alive. And I've sat and talked with him, we had meals together. That totally changed them. But up until that point, I mean, they're arguing with him. You don't, you don't spend a lot of time if you really believe somebody's God. You don't argue with them a lot. True. Right. I mean, they, they, nobody's believing wholeheartedly, not just his brothers. The guys that were with him all the time. They well, believe. like we said earlier, Peter himself looks Jesus in the eye and says, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God, and then doubts, you know, runs away and and certainly doesn't expect the resurrection to happen and has to be convinced as well. Yeah, he runs, even goes and sees the empty tomb. And, you know, the I taught the uh, Emmaus story this year at Easter, and it never hit me that they have heard all of that. The Emmaus couple, they've heard everything. We had some of them, they've already heard the reports from the tomb. They've already decided those are false. They said even some of our men went and checked it out. Yeah. But we don't know what to make of That's any right. of that. Mm -hmm. They're telling us there's a resurrection, but, but come on, people. A resurrection? Yeah. They had to literally see Jesus mm. to be absolutely convinced. Yeah. Everybody did. Well, yeah. yeah, that's the point of a lot of those stories, too, which I think gives a lot of hope to people who are very skeptical of faith, but there's something that keeps drawing you to maybe a church service or to watch our videos or something. But there's this there's this part of you that goes, oh, I just can't fully buy in. There's something I like, but I can't. And you have this stirring in your spirit. All of the uh, apostles, all the disciples, all the closest followers of Jesus didn't believe he had resurrected until they couldn't not believe anymore. I mean, right, that's, that's the story right. of Thomas. And we look at it sometimes and go, wow, I mean, I have heard it used before of, wow, this guy has such doubt, and even Jesus loves him. I think what Jesus is saying by saying, hey, come put your hands right here, come do this, is go keep not believing until the moment that it becomes clear that you can't not believe anymore. Because I think there are many people, well, I know, there are many people who've gotten to a place where they can't not believe anymore, and they just keep on not believing. That's right. That it's more convenient to keep not believing. And so if you're at a place where you're skeptical and you're still carrying a lot of doubts and questions, you're in the right place continuing to come and ask questions. 
Keep holding on to that skepticism until you can't anymore. And when you get to the place where you go, I can't hold on to this anymore, drop it as soon as you can. That there's nothing wrong with your skepticism. There's nothing wrong with your doubts because uh, it's you coming to God with who you are. Some of us, and it's also okay because I've just taught a lot of students who are at that place of trying to figure out their faith. There are a lot of people who just wired up to have more skeptical nature to them. Sure. Then there's other people who don't have almost any of that. Right. And there's nothing, it doesn't mean that you're somehow a mindless follower of Christ, mm. that you've never had skeptic skepticism or doubts. We tend to elevate sometimes the skeptics of those are the people who really love God with their mind and the people who just accepted it, their chicken brains. Right? Ah, nice <laughs> reference. But all of that, it's just we're wired up different. So come with all of who you are, yes. and, and God, God honors you where you're at if you are genuinely seeking him. So Absolutely. I think that's huge. Yeah, man. And there are enough things you can do to test whether God is there or not. I mean, Jesus put himself in a place of saying, do what I, build your life on my words, and you'll see. Mm. You'll see. Do what I say, and you'll yeah. see. Yeah. The one who does what I said, they'll know. Well, and for me, that's been the thing that um, dispels doubts more than anything, probably more than the intellectual side of apologetics that I've delved into my whole life is what you just said is, you know, Jesus said, do what I say, you'll know that it's true. And the more I do what Jesus says, the more I go, oh, yeah, he's right. And it just shores all that doubt up. That's it. And that's what I say to people all the time is take some part of the scripture and the less you believe it might be true, <laughs> the better off you are. Test something and just see. Just mm -hmm. do it. See. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah. his words have power if you will test them and see. Well, because you know we know we know they were written down. Like, which means somebody came up with it. I, one of my favorite speakers is a guy named Ruxy Cavey, which is a great name. But he always says, you know someone wrote them down because we have them. Regardless of when you think they were written down or who wrote them, you know somebody came up with these ideas because we have them. So name him Bob if you don't want to name right. him Jesus. Test Bob's teachings out. <laughs> Try them out. And if you get to the end and you go, all everything he says makes my life better, then at the end of that, when you get to that place, you have to at some point say, well, then maybe the other things that he said, like I'm the son of God and that I'm, I'm, we're talking about this in the series we're in currently, I am the way, the truth, the life, the only way to God. Mm. That also then probably is true. And then you can accept all yeah. of it. So cool. just work yourself in. That's, yeah. Honestly, that's what we do with everybody. We it just want to make it different. All of us build relationships on, I start with somebody, I look at what they say, I judge whether they come through, I look at their faithfulness, yep. and there are always going to be things I don't know for sure mm. about anybody. I've been married 42 years. There are things I don't know for sure, yep. but everything so far is checking mm. out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So we're going to cut the Brothers of Jesus a little bit of slack. Just a little bit. I think Just so. Just a little bit. Okay. All right. Next question, and we touched on this a lot on this podcast, but I, this is a good time for us to sort of get a get a one definitive answer on this probably. Um, this questioner wants to know, what is the best way to get into the Bible? Is it better to just read it all the way right through, read it in small passages at a time? And then the big question at the end is they, they want to know, how do we guys, us, uh, us guys, read the Bible? I think if you haven't heard us talk about this in a while, uh, all three of us are a part of the discipleship 
groups that we have here at our church and the way that we are currently reading the Bible together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do it in community with one another, uh, with for us, a few other guys, and uh, we read a chapter a day, mainly from the, the Gospels uh, yep. about mm-hmm. the life of Jesus because in our pursuit of following Him and His teaching, uh, we want to make sure that we are as well acquainted with Jesus as we possibly can be. And so we read a lot of Jesus in the way that we current. That's the way I'm currently reading it, and you guys I know are part of that as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's that's the short answer to that question. Um, so I and if you're not a part of that, I'd recommend you man reach out to us. We would love to help you get in one yep. of those uh, situations where you can read in community with other people, men, men or women. Yep. We have groups for both. Uh, I will say, I think different parts of the scripture, and I'm, I'm, re- I'm realizing this more as time goes along uh, for me when it comes to like the letters. Uh, most of the letters, most of the letters can be read and whole in a short amount of time. And you probably sh- would do yourself more good doing that. Mm-hmm. And so, by the letters, you mean the, the, the stuff, epistles. the New Testament the books after Acts. So, and think. here's the other thing. And I had this conversation with a young lady. Uh, she's a senior in high school. And she was, honestly, she's been trying to figure this out. She grew up in our church. She's been attending a youth group with another friend of hers. Uh, and she's a little confused between the way they talk about the Bible, the way we talk about the Bible, and, you know, she's just beginning to get into it. She asked almost this exact question. I said, well, you, you have to start with Jesus. Jesus is the key to understanding everything because yep. everything uh, in the Old Testament is pointing to Jesus, and everything in the New Testament after Jesus is explaining Jesus. Mm-hmm. So until you really, really, really know Jesus, I wouldn't move on. I would read, 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 read Jesus until you uh, uh, know him really well. Then I would read the epistles. I wouldn't go into the Old Testament until I was thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly familiar with the New Testament, mm-hmm. if, it, if you're a new person doing it. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the letters, the reason I say read them as a whole is because that's what they were intended to do. Yep. They very seldom are doing what I have done, both of these guys have done, every preacher has done. They are very seldom trying to teach hundreds of topics. Mm-hmm. Almost always they're addressing a few very select topics and have come to realize over the last five to six years, most of the time they're addressing, hey, why can't y'all like each other? Yes. Why, don't y'all, why don't y'all get along with each other? And they're more? very situation yeah. specific. And that's something I have learned recently is there's are, there, are, there are regional um, references yes. in these letters that – we don't necessarily have their regional or congregational circumstances going on that don't you don't always get the background before you read yep. the letter, like especially First Corinthians. Oh yeah, there's a there's a specific problem going on in a specific church that Paul's trying to address, and until you know that, you can take a lot of his stuff and really get whacked out ideas. Oh yeah. Well, and I think that's one thing I would encourage to, and you already mentioned discipleship group. I think it's the best way to do it, but I get everyone may not be able to take that step at this point. 
but you got to read it in community with other people. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about the way they're, they're, they're meant to be read. There was no assumption. doesn't mean it's wrong for us to have private Bible study. It's not what I mean. But when you talk about the epistles, there was really no idea that anyone was going to go, okay, we're going to pass this scroll to everyone, and you're going to go home, and you're going to have two weeks, and you need to get up every morning at a certain time That's and right. read this line by that line. That didn't and, exist until hundreds of years after well, these people had written these letters. Many, many of them, a lot of scholars debate whether it's most or half or whatever were illiterate. They just couldn't mm-hmm. read. So the idea of them going and reading alone and these scrolls, paper and writing utensils, so expensive yeah. that it just wouldn't make sense. So the idea was when you would go to church, not different than when we preach, but often the entire sermon would be, we're just going to read this letter of Paul and then we're going to talk about what that has to do with how we can apply that. And most of them, as you've already said, especially Paul, um, they're incredibly practical things and almost all about unity, uh, about this thing that Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians of God reconciling people to God and people to one another, that in Paul's mind, the central gospel issue is not just how do me and God get right, mm. but how do me and other people get right. And so he's writing these letters to say, it doesn't matter what you preach about Jesus. No one's going to believe it if you guys can't come together and treat each other like family. And so if that's what the letters are about, you reading it alone without any other brothers and sisters in Christ to bounce it off is totally missing the point. Mm-hmm. For you to sit and go, when it says submit to one another, even the stuff like I was thinking about, we did this series on marriage and we took certain parts and we're talking about like what are referred to as the household house hold codes. That was a hard thing for me to say, mm-hmm. where it's like, husbands love your wives, wives submit to your husbands. And there's certainly applications that we've taken out of that about that. The point of those is he's going, this is what it should look like within the church for husbands. It wasn't just, hey, this will make it easier when you argue with your spouse. No. Mm-hmm. He's saying you have a responsibility to the other brothers and sisters that wives are elevated and husbands are elevated and we serve one another. And that's why there's all these tricky things in there about Things that we look at now about slaves obey your masters is because in those households, there were servants and there were slaves. And he's going, mm-hmm. this is how you deal with those kind of issues in your household. But it always is out of reverence for Christ, out of what Christ has done for the church. You do those things. So I just want to encourage you because I just I mentioned earlier, I got my daughter a Bible, but I told her the way this is going to work is you're going to read and then you and I are going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Because I even with just turning her over to Jesus, she's nine years old. She told me there's certain phrases. She goes, there were words. She's an early reader. I don't know how to say it. I knew Capernaum. I know she doesn't know. How. And then because her nature, and I don't think it's just nine-year-olds, we get hung up on that stuff. Oh, yeah. And we go, what is Capernaum? And what is this? But what she held on to out of the very first one was God said we could go fish for people. What does that mean? Yeah, she told me that yesterday. She said, I just started reading the Bible, and the first thing Jesus says is we can go catch people, not fish. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so we I sit and talk about exactly right. So that's what right. does that mean for you to go catch people? And so all of that to say, that's not just for children. That's And that is what Jason already mentioned. It. That is what our discipleship groups do. Yeah. I read it, and I have this happen. I'll send something to my guys about, man, that really hit me because of this. Or one of my guys will say, 
you know, this is what I got from it. And occasionally I have to say, mm, I don't know that you got the right thing. Or, <laughs> or they'll point something out and I'll say, man, I'd never even noticed that before. Yes. Isn't that wonderful? And right, so, just so those of you really love Bible study and doing it on your own, so you think we're not making something up, Peter actually says what we just said. He says no, no scripture came about by private interpretation. And what mm -hmm. he means is none of the things we've talked about, it's been taken in a wrong way where it basically was only clergy people can read right. the Bible. That's not what he meant. Yeah. What he meant was none of this understanding we have about Jesus from the Old Testament came about on our own. We all have come to this conclusion together. That's what we're presenting to you. He's, and he's giving us a pattern. We should do this together. Yes. I mean, there's real danger when somebody goes off and you get a novel interpretation from the scripture. It's why Always there's, be some, skeptical. there's some there's some end times things that people believe really clearly and they don't know they've only been around less than a century. And when I say to people, you know, no Christian believed what you believed 150 years ago. Yeah. And that means for 1900 years or 1800 years, every Christian was wrong mm. yeah. until now. Yeah. That's probably not true. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So you ought to doubt that new interpretation. Mm -hmm. So I do think the best advice out of this is certainly if you don't have a community, start wherever you can. But if you could get one other person to do it with you or join one of our discipleship groups. Or if you're in a family, even if it was you and your kids talking about it and, Absolutely. You're, and you're just talking with them about it, you're talking with your spouse about it, being able to converse about it, uh, it, it changes not only interpretation, it does change your application. Because when you sit across from your spouse and you say, hey, it says, well, I submit to your husbands and you both submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then you look and you go, we don't have to listen to that. You know, you actually... Or you read First Corinthians, it says, keep no records of wrongs. Now, let's talk about last night. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it changes the context of your conversation. So mm -hmm. I think community, we want to help you with the community part. That's what yeah. uh, we're good at. It's in our name. It's in our name. We can, <laughs> Brilliant. We can, we can do that. Yeah. And read, read for... Don't read for knowledge. Mm. Mm. Read for application. That's yep. the thing that I, I I always try to stress on people because I get a lot of people's, I just want to know the Bible. Okay, I, I get that, but is the knowing going to help you actually do something? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's not, eh. you might come when you get the knowing across a passage where Jesus says to the uh, Pharisees, you know these, yeah. but they're, you're missing the point. They talk about me. Yeah, which, which goes back to the reading in community. And like you said, when I do read on my own, it does. it's easier to just then read for knowledge because it's me, myself, and I, and I'm learning, and I, and I feel like I'm growing. But when I read it with others, it's real hard to just stay there very long because, yep. you know, the, the community aspect of it does then lead to actual action taking place. Well, and there's so. an experiential part of that because even because when I say reading community in our discipleship groups, we don't all get on a call and oh, read no. the book at the same time. I get up and usually I'm the first guy up in my group <laughs> and I'm reading the Bible by myself, but I come across occasionally passages and I go, oh man, I know my guy's in a place. I hope he feels that today. And oh. I'll even say sometimes, man, I, when I heard that, I thought about you and I thought, man, I hope you feel that. And there's a way that the Holy Spirit is connecting us across across space and time because one he's not even he's not reading at that moment but i know man the holy spirit is saying something to me about him and it really is a 
love my neighbor as myself moment because now it's not just me experiencing God. It's me experiencing mm-hmm. relationship with these other people. That's a powerful thing. It's yep. a powerful thing that God allows us to do. Cool. All right. Hope that helps. And if you want to know more, get in contact with us and we'll help you. Yep. So, and uh, if you got questions and uh, you want to ask us, as always, uh, we put the link in the description, whether you're on YouTube or you're on a podcast app right now. So you can click that link, send us questions, and uh, we answer pretty much all the questions that Have come into us. Have told them how to contact us? I realize we've said that a bunch. Should we get say help at community that's, that's an email, that's you, an can email you can use. Or you can go to the website and there's a contact us button. Right. Yep. Uh, you can always do that and it comes directly to us. Or if you us. watch our, our online service, there is a phone number. Phone that number. phone number rings our phones. Yep. And yeah. uh, text you, us. you can text that number to yep. us, the question. Absolutely. So. We, we are available. Or uh, right. I don't call it because occasionally when somebody uh, calls it, it's always uh, something about my extended warranty. Yeah. And so uh, I don't answer <laughs> I those don't answer phone that. calls. So, but texting, I'll at least be able to see who it was. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to bring this full circle, we'll take care of your pigeons as well. That's right. There's a bird reference for you. For the birds. <laughs> the birds! The birds! We'd like a name so we can not, not be the birds. Get us a name. Rate and like our podcast. What's a good the bird song? I, I hear that's important. Who? Rate and like oh, our rate podcast. And like it. Oh, rate yeah, yeah. Like Every other subscribe. podcast I look to says those things all the time. I thought, I'm going to say that. Give us a good review on iTunes. All right. So Five stars. Were you going to say something else? Nope. Okay. Not that mattered. Oh, well. Not like anything I else I said. Did I qualify it? Call, is. call the podcast the Dieseling Podcast because yeah. we get to that point at all points. Things so. that don't matter. All right. So we are done. We will be back next week. Uh, uh, we got something special, uh, a Father's oh. Day edition of the podcast next okay, week. All right. So y'all tune in for that. It'll be great, maybe. See you then.